What's up, happiness homies? Welcome to our brand new segment called Modern Business. And why are we, why am I starting Modern Business? I'm gonna be your solo host here, and uh, maybe Taylor comes on, and maybe Deuce comes on, maybe uh, we'll probably have guests in the future, but uh, Modern Business, again, kinda like our mission with Modern Happiness, um, is that I feel, as an entrepreneur, Taylor's an entrepreneur, a lot of our guests, 90% of our guests are entrepreneurs themselves. And I really feel strongly that, hey, there's nothing wrong with being in the corporate job. And that's good for some people, and I totally get that. But I feel that we were never given a choice growing up. Uh, at least when I grew up, it was like, go to college, get the nine to five job, you'll be happy. You'll be successful, quote unquote. And a lot of a lot of us are feeling that we're not happy. We're working for the weekends. And and this is really who I'm talking to. Now, before I, before I get into that, um, I do want to say, what I, what I am super passionate about in, as far as business goes is starting with the mindset. And that's so important. And if you're avid listeners of Modern Happiness, um, you understand how important the mindset is. And that trickles down into everything in life. So it's super important when we're talking about business. Um, the next thing I love talking about um, is content and messaging. And that goes in line with niching down. And I love helping people figure out their niche, getting more specific so that they can grow faster and ultimately charge more money for their product, which leads into that second part, which is your offer. Um, you know, what's the perfect offer for my client, sales and things like that. So no matter where you are in business, if you are the employee, these are universal topics that I'm gonna, gonna talk about that will help you in business. But what, who I'm here to really talk about and help is this dispassionate employee. You know, for me, I'm super passionate about helping Matthew five years ago, who was the dispassionate employee, working in civil engineering and just working for the weekends. And I'll get into my story in a little bit. It's kind of what I want to do in this intro episode. But to really talk about this dispassionate employee and if this feels like you, you know, maybe you're working that nine to five, that corporate job, and you get Sunday scaries. You have the the Monday blues, the Wednesday hump day, Thursday, Thursday, Thursdays, and thank God it's Friday, and then the weekends, and you feel like you're really working for the weekends. Maybe you find yourself at work. Again, I say this all from experience when I was a civil engineer. You find yourself at work and you're, you're Googling stuff about your passion. You know, and if you have a passion, I'm, I'm really speaking to you because uh, if you have a passion in today's world, you can monetize that. And that's what's so freaking cool about social media and the world we live in today. Um, but again, if you're the dispassionate employee, you know, I know I was taking naps in the bathroom stall. I was talking with a good friend, Jason Lewis, and he's like, oh, dude, I would go in the bathroom for like 30 minutes and watch, you know, TV on Netflix. He's like, so I was getting paid, you know, an hour a day to watch Netflix. Um, but, you know, I was taking naps because I was tired. I was, you know, I didn't hate my job, but I didn't love it. It was challenging, but I didn't love it. Um, okay, I'll get to my story in a second. I, I was going to go on a tangent. But, but really, again, this dispassionate employee, you feel like you're working for the weekends. Uh, you're doing just enough. You know, you're not going to get fired. You're not the worst employee, but you could do better, but you just don't want to do better with your extra free time. Like I was saying before, you're Googling things that you love about your passion. You know, for me, it was photography and fitness. Those were two things the year before I quit corporate. Uh, those were two things that I was constantly Googling and, and learning how to get better at photography, learning how to be a better personal trainer. Um, and, you know, ultimately you're sitting there and you're thinking, that I can't do what I love for a living. And that's not true. And that's where I wanna take you. I wanna, I wanna help you become this happy entrepreneur. And we're gonna talk about that towards the end of this episode. But 
here, here's the kind of the crux of my story where uh, when I moved out, when I quit engineering in New York City and I was going to move to be a civil engineer, sorry, uh, to be a personal trainer in Colorado, uh, my dad was the last person I told and it was scary. I was nervous. He paid for a lot of college. I know he was super proud of me being um, a civil engineer in New York City and uh, it's super great to, to have that title, but it wasn't making me happy. And uh, I'll, I'll come back around to this, but uh, he was the last person I told because I was just a little bit nervous. And uh, I, I know my dad supports me and loves me no matter what, but still, <laughs> there were the nerves there. And before I moved to Colorado, again, he was the last person I told. And we went out to dinner, just me and him. And I remember standing outside the restaurant before I walked in and I said, Dad, I have to tell you something. And I looked down and I was staring at the, the damp, concrete sidewalks of Brooklyn, New York with gum old gum street everywhere and it's hard to meet his eye and and I and I looked up at him and I said uh you know I know what it takes to be a really good engineer and I don't want to do those things I go to work and I just I'm not inspired to do those things but when I moved to Colorado I want to be a personal trainer and I know what it takes to be a personal trainer and I'll do whatever it takes and when I look up and met his eye he had the biggest smile on his face and he said I know and you'll do amazing You'll do great. And it was such a special moment. And I know a lot of people don't get this kind of support in their lives, uh, which is why I'm here on this podcast, which is why, you know, I do what I do to provide that support. Um, but that was such a special moment for me to, and, and maybe you're thinking the same, like I know what it takes to be good at this, but I don't, I'm not inspired to do those things, but I have this passion that I love so much and I want to go after that passion, but you're probably nervous. There's no security, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to get into that later in the episode, but this is what fires me up. This is why I'm wearing the rocket ship shirt today because this, these conversations fire me up and to start to believe in yourself and realize that this stuff is possible to wake up excited every single morning knowing that like, oh my God, I get to do this for a living today. How incredible is that? Not working for the weekends, not trudging through life. You know, I would hit snooze so much when I was that civil engineer taking every second I could to sleep in a little bit longer and then when it came, I would throw on all my clothes, grab a coffee and run out the door and then, you know, try to escape on the subway while I was riding the subway uh, and read a book or listen to a podcast and anything I could do to avoid getting to work. And, and that's just not great. You know, now I wake up every day excited for what I get to do. I get to record these podcasts. I get to coach my clients, all this stuff. I love it so much. And this is what I want for you to be that happy entrepreneur from dispassionate employee to happy entrepreneur. So. This is kind of the point of this podcast. Again, if, uh, if, if this resonates with you, no matter where you are in business, it's, it's the mindset, um, creating better content and messaging for your clients. And, and that can, that could be universal, right? Like I said, and then your offer and how do you speak about your offer? Uh, what do you offer and sales and all that good stuff. So that's where we're getting into. Um, but I just want to back it up again in, in case you're new to this podcast, uh, in case you haven't heard my story, <laughs> we're going to talk about the bike trip for those of you. Uh, for the for those modern happiness avid listeners, but we'll talk about the bike trip. I'll put some money in the bike trip jar. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's I mean, this is where the story starts. Uh, really, I've been in fitness like my whole life. It's been sports for me. Um, but then it came to high school. 14 years old, being a freshman in high school, a lot of my friends were football players, and my mom wouldn't let me play football. And God bless her because uh, you know. 
I'd probably have concussions and probably wouldn't have, have a strong of a brain. I, you know, hopefully that wouldn't be the case. But anyway, uh, all my friends were football players and the football team worked out constantly. And I played baseball, um, ran cross, cross country freshman year. Uh, we didn't work out, we didn't lift weights, but my friends were getting big and I wanted to get big too. So I got myself in the gym that first day. It was so scary. The seniors there with their beards and I still can't even grow a beard. And so you can imagine what I looked like at 14 years, 14, 15 years old. And yeah, so anyway, that's where it started, working out at 14 years old and figuring this all out on my own. You know, Googling bodybuilding.com, all this stuff, uh, research and podcasts weren't even around back then. So um, I don't even think I really read books. It was really just the internet and self-education. So fast forward to freshman year of college and I'm a business major in college. And I've told you I'm an engineer, so didn't even know what the hell I wanted to do, right? Classic with all of us. There's probably a lot of you out there doing a job that you didn't even study in college. <laughs> uh, but I was a business major freshman year and um, my escape was the gym. And I wasn't meeting a ton of friends like I thought I would at the start of college. So I would escape to the gym and that's one thing I knew and it was comfortable. And I remember one day uh, working out in the gym and I was getting a nice pump on and I kind of just looked in the mirror and I was like, man, it would be so cool to be a personal trainer, to to help people with their fitness journeys. Like I've helped myself and I know how how much, how, how big, um, what am I trying to say? I know how important this is to my life and my lifestyle and living a healthy lifestyle. Uh, I would love to be a personal trainer. And then that thought came in. Maybe you've had this thought. Nope, that's not a real career path. And if you've had this thought, how devastating is that? And maybe, you know, in 2008, 2009, maybe that wasn't. YouTube was just coming up, uh, which would have been a great time to have gotten into YouTube right away. Um, I don't even, I don't think Instagram was really around or maybe just being invented then. But, uh, but that's besides the point. The point was that I'm supposed to go to college, get a, you know, a real job, a corporate job, and that'll be, you know, I'll make good money and I'll be happy and all that stuff. And, uh, Man, what a dev devastating way to uh, kind of go through life to just tell yourself these things aren't possible when that's just not true. So, so that's what happened, right? That's not a real career path. So I eventually realized I didn't like business majors. So I switched to engineering and I graduated with a master's in civil engineering and got a civil engineering job for five years. Um, but three years into that was this pivotal moment, this, uh, this quarter-life crisis where uh, it was even before that where I was working at the job at, at my, you know, I was in construction. So I was building the New York City Police Academy, $800 million job, pretty prestigious project in New York City. Uh, I loved it. I met a lot of great people. It, it wasn't bad. I was learning so much. In construction, the days are so different. You know, problems arise. You have to solve problems. It was pretty great. But uh, we get towards closeout of the project, which ends up being a lot of paperwork. And uh I would do a great job with like f the first four hours of the day. And then I'd be like, now what? And I was like, really trying to escape this life that like, okay, this is what I do for the rest of my life until I'm 60, 65 and have enough money to retire. I'm like, how can I retire faster? So I would like look up coding and I'm like, maybe I could take side gigs as a coder. I had no idea how to code by the way. So I was like, how to on coding. Uh, but it wasn't exciting, it didn't, it didn't light me up. Uh, I thought about building this app it was called Clutch. It was a ticketing app where you could uh, get, I know like back in the day, I don't think this is the case anymore, but like uh, StubHub uh, would stop selling tickets like one hour or two hours before 
the event started. So I was like, how can people get last minute tickets? And I think of a place like Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, the stadiums are like right next to each other, football, hockey, and baseball. Um, and it's right downtown. So you could be at a bar and be like, hey, you know, one hour to the game, let's get a ticket. And it would basically be like scalping, but an app for that. Anyway, I kind of went forward with that. And, and then that kind of, you know, I, I saw there were other apps. And it, again, it wasn't inspiring to me, but then I switched projects. And then I am, uh, and then I'm reading stock books. And because I'm now working in Wall Street, so that's in my mind. I'm like, maybe I can invest in stocks and make a lot of money that way. So I'm reading stock books and I download Robinhood uh, back in 2015 and I start investing in stocks and, and buying Apple and, and uh, whatever stocks that I could. There was no uh, fraction shares back then, so I had to buy full shares, which means I didn't have enough money to. Well, okay, anyway, getting into a rant, but it's this quarter life crisis. All I'm trying to do is make money so I can escape this corporate life. And one day I came into some good money through a little bit of gambling thing. Um, and that gave me some money to actually do this thing, do this bike trip. So when I switched projects, I was about three miles from uh, my apartment. And being three miles from my apartment, I was like, oh, I can ride a city bike. It's the bike share. I can ride a city bike, which is 100, uh, 100 bucks, 120 bucks a year. And I could save on my subway pass, which is 120 bucks a month. So I'm like, I can put that towards savings, right? This, this still this idea of trying to just save a lot of money to retire early rather than enjoy my life. <laughs> and uh, so I started riding city bike to work. And then from there, I was like, let me get my own bike. Got my own bike. I started to fall in love with biking. And then every day after work, I'd bike around Central Park, you know, five times. It's a, it's a, I think it was a six mile loop. So I'd bike 30 miles. I'd bike up the Hudson River and cross the George Washington Bridge into New Jersey and then ride this parkway that was like really beautiful and no cars on it. Um, and ride that 40, 50 miles. Then one day I'm like, what else can I do? So I had this idea to do a century ride, which is 100 miles. So I biked to my parents' house in Connecticut. 48 miles there, 52 miles back. Um, and it's funny, I ate lunch. I got, I got home, my mom was there, she made me lunch. And then she sent me back with a 12 pack of shock top bottles, some beer bottles strapped it to my bike and I was jingling the whole way home, but I uh, had headphones in, but she's like, jingle, jingle, you know, bottles on the back of my bike. Uh, I ran, I biked hundred miles. I'm like, okay, well now what? And I don't remember where the idea came from, but I was like, I'm going to bike across the country. And this is really cool. And I could get into a long in-depth talk about this, but I decided to ride the bike across, ride my bike across country. And I made a blog, this is 2015. I made a blog about biking and I was reading this other guy's blog and I was really loving it. I really enjoyed creative writing. So I made a blog about it. I put it on Facebook, I told everyone about it. Taylor and I talk a lot about accountability and how important accountability is. This was my accountability. I told everyone about this bike trip. So there was no way I wasn't gonna do it. But it was kind of a secret at work. Uh, Cause I was super afraid to tell my boss. I didn't wanna like, you know, I told you I made, I had some, I came into some money so I had savings, I could do this, I could take three months off, but it was like, well then what? And I was so afraid to tell my boss, like I was gonna do this no matter what, I was gonna quit, but it was still a scary conversation, right? Told my boss, he said, hell yes. Right at the time I was with my, my girlfriend of, uh, that's a four year relationship. Um, she, was gonna, she was graduating high, uh, college, not high school, college. So we're gonna move in together. And I'm like, I'm like Gus, before I, you know, with my girlfriend before I move in and have kids and oh my God, all of a sudden life happens. I'm like, I need to do this. And he's like, hell yes, do this. So in 2016, 
I roll my bicycle across the country. And this is the pivotal moment, very pivotal moment where my mom tells me, Matthew, you're either going to do this and get it out of your system or it's going to change you forever. And it changed me forever. So without going into crazy details about the bike trip, it was 90 days, 5,019 miles from the Atlantic Ocean, dipped my, dipped my back wheel in the Atlantic Ocean, dipped my front wheel in the Pacific Ocean. I, I did a lot of it alone. I did a lot of it meeting people, other cyclists along the way, met some incredible people along the way, people I'll never forget and are a big part of my life. Um, but every day was amazing. Every day was so perfect. I would wake up and I'd be excited to ride. Even though it's hard, riding an average of 66 miles a day, the bike weighed 90 pounds. Stuff was hard, especially those first two weeks. And that's an important message. Maybe I'll talk about that some other time. Those first two weeks were really hard, but, but then it just became biking. And it was bike, eat, find a place to camp, you know, meet some new people, and it was incredible. And this is really that beautiful cliche where you know, we get to the end of the bike trip and it was a beautiful moment. My family was there. Oh my God. It was such an incredible moment. We're all crying and hugging and they were so proud of me. And it was, it was just such a beautiful moment. But I, I got to the end and I was like, oh God, now what? Now I'm going to go back to being a civil engineer, back to New York City, working for the weekends. Like life has got to be better than this. There's got to be more to life than just trying to make money and work for the weekends and doing this thing that I'm not passionate about, right? Being that dispassionate employee. So I decided in my head, I am now in the pursuit of daily happiness. I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what that means, but I am pursuing daily happiness from here on out. And got back to New York City. And, uh, you know, it's like, what do I do? Well, I love this biking thing. Maybe the biking can be my thing, my way out of corporate, something that I can do that I love every single day. And so when I got back to New York, um, let's call it early October in 2016, um, I was still biking to work. I'd bike to work every day. I'd gear up in winter gear in New York City when it would snow and I was just into biking, you know? What is, what is a 10 mile, 20 mile round trip to me? So uh, I, would, I would bike to work throughout the winter and then, in February, early February of 2016, I found CrossFit. And again, I'd always been doing fitness my whole life and it's evolved from, from kind of bodybuilding type training to calisthenics to uh, running and all this sorts of stuff. But uh, I was doing muscle ups way before I found CrossFit and handstands and all that stuff, but found CrossFit and I was like, I love this style of training. And I just fell madly in love with it. And then probably maybe four or five months later, uh, that gym was like, Hey, if there's any members who love CrossFit um, and want to get their CrossFit level one certification, uh, get the certification and then we will mentor you to be a coach. And I was like, yes, me. And my, my girlfriend at the time, uh, she did it too. We got our level one, I got the certification and then I started coaching classes. I'd coach three classes a week and I got a few personal training clients as well on top of that. So now we're making progress, right? Remember that dream that I would love to be a personal trainer, but it's not a real career path. Well, now this is my way in. Maybe I can start doing what I love for a living. And guys, this was a year and a half process from 2016, from finding CrossFit to becoming a coach later in the fall of, of 2016 to then, uh, long, <laughs> not long story short, it's a long story. I'm going to keep it a bit longer. Um, but 2018 
came and uh, you know I, I proposed to my girlfriend and which I did in Denver and we had these talks you know just before then so that was 2018 probably the end of 2017 we're like we need to get out of New York City New York City's killing us she hated her job I am this dispassionate employee right I didn't hate my job but I just didn't love it there was so much more I wanted to do with my life so we said let's get out of New York City because this place isn't going to serve us. It's all about, you know, New York City, if you live there, it's just all about your work and, and then drinking and, and like, that's it. <laughs> At least that's how I saw it. Um, so, you know, we made the plan. We're gonna get out of here. We're gonna take the leap. You know, all our families here on the East Coast, but this is scary. We don't know anyone in Denver, but we, need, we know we need to make this move. So I, we took a trip out to Denver in March. I proposed, we came back. We're like, yes, we love Denver. We're doing it. Our lease is up at the end of October and that's when we're moving. So we road tripped out to Denver and, and that's when the story of my dad telling my dad and kind of making that transition and, and leaving work. And actually to, to kind of back it up a second, I was gonna move to New York City and still be an engineer. And I said, I'll be an engineer for one year in Denver. My company has an office out there. Um, and even if they don't wanna hire me, like my resume is amazing. I've worked on the World Trade Center, uh, the New York City Police Academy. My resume is great. Turner Construction is, is one of the most well-known construction companies uh, in the world. So, you know, I'll get a job as an engineer and I was getting nothing back. No resume, not even responses. Even my company was like, we're not even taking interns. We don't have a lot of work. We're not even taking free interns right now. So I couldn't transfer and I took that as a sign from the universe to say, hey, this is it. This is the universe telling you, go all in, Matt. Go be a personal trainer. So that's where the story of my dad came in um, we moved to Denver, Colorado, and I became a personal trainer. I didn't have a job lined up. Uh, I moved there, you know, blew through a lot of savings. Um, there's a, a lot of bigger story here, but to kind of, that's kind of the crux of it, right? I moved to Denver to be a personal trainer. No job lined up, um, but, but got a job, became a CrossFit coach and a personal trainer. And then <laughs> four months later, after being a personal trainer, I'm like, wow, I don't love this like I thought I would. And man, I can't tell you how fucking scary that was to have that realization and be like, I moved out here to do this. What am I doing? But I've had this passion as a, as a photographer. I've been doing street photos in New York City. Uh, that kind of happened actually in between getting back from my bike trip and right before CrossFit, uh, right around early that Christmas or Thanksgiving, uh, I took up photography. And I you know, started doing street photos and, and really, really loved that. So when I moved to... Um, actually, right before we moved, I shot a CrossFit competition. Uh, my my fiancé uh, was doing a CrossFit competition. So I shot her and some friends at our gym who were doing that competition. I'm like, I love this. This is super fun. So fast forward back to Denver, realizing that I'm like, wow, this is not my passion. Like, I don't actually really love doing this, being a personal trainer. I can't describe exactly what it was. Um, but I didn't love it, but I loved photography. So I leaned into that. And that became my thing. And through all of that and through learning and pushing myself and learning business and the marketing and sales and all of this stuff and how to present myself in front of people and provide more than just photography but be this branding coach and all of this stuff has got me kind of to where I am today. Well, actually, before that, there's really the pivotal moment of um, you know, pursuing photography. I, w I wanted to become the CrossFit photographer. And... In order to do that, you know, I had to learn a lot of stuff, but um, I was doing it. I was walking into gyms, taking photos, 
doing CrossFit competitions for less than I think my value was worth. Um, but, but I was doing it. I was putting myself out there. I was becoming known as the CrossFit photographer of Colorado. And I even went to Wadapalooza, which is a big CrossFit competition. Some, t- some say it's even better than the CrossFit Games uh, down in Miami, Florida. I volunteered and I did that. And now I have photos of some of the top CrossFitters. Um, T. Claire Toomey, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, uh, Noah Olson, people like that. And now I was going to come back to, to Denver and, sh- and I could show people on my Instagram, like, look at these people I photographed up close and personal. And they would definitely want to hire me. And now I could charge more because they can see what I'm really worth. And then COVID happened. And then, with, and then I lost all my photo gigs. I had like six photography, CrossFit photography competitions lined up and like a bunch more in the works. I lost all my personal training clients because I was still doing that. And then it's like, now what? And I'm like, well, this is a great chance to pivot. You know, what has changed my life? Courses, taking courses, hiring mentors, learning from people. So I was going to do that for other people. And I developed this course called the Brand Brand Framework. And it was fucking garbage. It was so bad. I didn't niche down. Uh, I was watching videos the other day. I was stammering through my videos that I made and my messaging was, it was all off. But this was a starting point. This was a great shift for me to really now get to where I am today, which, um, you know, shifting to niching down to personal trainers and becoming the business coach for personal trainers and charging multiple four figures for my offer. And I got to tell you, if you were, if you want to sell someone a, a multiple thousand dollar offer, personal trainers are some of the poorest people out there. But I was able to sell those people on my program, and I was able to change lives. And yes, they made money. You know, my highest client made almost fourteen thousand dollars off one of her launches in one month, fourteen grand, to show that I can do this. But it was so much more than that. It's changing people and helping them become who they really are. These powerful leaders believing in themselves and loving life and taking care of themselves, not burning themselves you know, into the ground, um, learning how to set boundaries, schedule better, and again, really just become this entrepreneur. Not I'm just a personal trainer, but to become this entrepreneur. And that is what I'm here to offer you now. Now I am fully ready and prepared to help Matthew five years ago, the dispassionate employee who had a passion for fitness to help him come up with a game plan to get out of that corporate job that is soul-sucking, that soul-sucking corporate job, to pursue what he's really passionate about. And the reason why it took me so damn long is because I didn't have a plan. I was doing what I was supposed to do, and what I was supposed to do wasn't making me happy. But personal training made me happy. Photography made me happy. So it took so long from that bike trip to... to the end of 2018 to really do all this stuff because I didn't have a plan. And I've made so many mistakes along the way. In that first year of moving out to Colorado, I was making less than $20,000 that first year. And then, you know, maybe 30 something thousand dollars the next year. I think it's like $34,000 the next year as I was combining personal training and photography. And then the third year is when I really blew up and, you know, made more than I was making as a civil engineer. And so through this three-year process, and even longer, right? It's, it's five years ago from the bike trip, and it's even longer than that uh, when I first started in my corporate job in, in 2013 when I was like trying to find my way out of corporate. And just if I had the awareness of what was happening there, the awareness of like, dude, 
if you're trying to take on extra work, trying to become a coder, trying to invest in stocks, and you have this corporate job, like, why are you doing many things? Like, obviously, this corporate job is not firing you up and keeping you passionate. Otherwise, I would spend that time being a better engineer, but I wasn't. So if that's you, if, if you're experiencing any of this stuff, that's really what I'm here to help with. You have a passion and it can be monetized. And that's what's so beautiful about the world today with Instagram, TikTok, social media, all this stuff, LinkedIn even, right? I should get on LinkedIn and start putting my message out there because right, that's my ideal client. Um, but we don't need to be stuck to this life that maybe our parents told us you gotta keep Corp, gotta get a corporate job or maybe it's the world we lived in and media and all this stuff uh, that we need a 401k that we need all this security and I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that uh, I, I've done just fine the last three years and I've never been happier in my entire life so if only I realized that way back then if only I had someone to tell me hey dude look what you're doing you're obviously not pumped about this you can be happy now you can pursue a life that is so happy. You know, maybe it, you don't need to bike your, ride your bike across the country, which I'm so happy I did. But it took that extreme measure to realize, oh my God, I could have happiness every day. And it's not through civil engineering. It's not through this corporate job. And again, the reason why it took me so long to escape that is because I didn't have a plan. I didn't have the awareness. So for this first episode. Thank you for sticking around for this intro episode. I'm so excited that you're here um, because this is where it all starts. You know, this is what I wanna help you with. Matthew, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, didn't have a plan. You know, made a lot of mistakes, lost a lot of money to get here. And I wanna help ease that pain for you. And it all starts with having that plan. So I have developed a five-day game plan. It'll guide you through your next 90 days, but it's a five-day plan to help you go from corporate to pursuing your passion full-time. And I wanna tell you how, yeah, I just wanna give you that little layout right now um, so that you might be interested in, in, in getting it. And it's $27. I put a price tag on it because maybe this is you, but I've done a lot of free stuff. I've signed up, I should say. I signed up for a lot of free stuff and I don't do it because it's free. So $27, I don't care. It's not going to change my life. Uh, it probably won't be a big financial burden for you. But what it will do is keep you financially committed. And I know when I pay for something, that's when I actually do it. And this is a very small price tag. So the pain of $27 is, is not a lot, right? It's not, it's, uh, you're going to put $27. Maybe some of you do it. Maybe some of you don't. But at least it's more than just a free, another free thing you sign up for that you don't do. So I want you to be financially committed. And, and you know, hey, that's lesson number one for you out there. It's not to say free things are bad or wrong and to say that I don't think you should have a free opt-in, uh, which maybe we'll talk about in one episode down the road. I'm very sure we will. Um, but this first offer to you, I want, I want you to be financially committed and excited to take action. So what this looks like uh, is starting with these mantras, starting with becoming this person, right? So it's very likely that you don't feel like an entrepreneur right now. You wouldn't call yourself an entrepreneur. And that's exactly the problem, right? If you are not that person, you will not do the things that that person does, right? So we need to become the person first so that we do the things that that person does so that we can have the things that person has, right? Become the entrepreneur now, believe it, become it. Then you do the things an entrepreneur does, which might be the, the marketing, 
um, getting on Instagram or getting on social media or things like that or talking about your offer, right? Those types of things. And then you can have that, then you can quit the corporate job. You can have the freedom, all that stuff, right? So be, do, have. So we start with this mantra. And maybe for you it is just saying like, I am an entrepreneur. And yeah, it's gonna feel weird. I'm gonna tell a story in a second about that. But that's step number one, we develop the mantra. Step number two is we project out a year. So this kind of helps us become a person. But I want you just to sit and imagine what it would be like to make the same money you're making right now in corporate, or maybe even more, like 100K. Matt, the civil engineer, was making about $85,000 with bonuses, not including all the benefits. Uh, so if I would sit, just imagine what it would be like to make $85,000 or $100,000 doing what I love as a personal trainer or as a photographer. What's that life like? And no pressure, don't worry about the how, but we really lean into what that feels like. Okay, and then from there, I dive way deeper obviously in the training into this, but I'm giving you a little taste. And then from there, we create a 90-day goal. All right, if $100,000 is the goal, 90 days, it's a quarter. We don't break that up into 25, 25, 25, 25, right? our life is not, not linear. Our first launch or our first product offering might be a little less. So maybe it's 10,000, right? Then 20,000, then 25,000, then 45,000 each quarter. That equals 100, I think. Um, so let's say your first 90-day goal is $10,000. Maybe that's super scary for you. Pick something that's high. It could be $1,000 for you, and that's totally okay. Pick something that feels a little bit scary. Break that into a 90-day goal. And then Know your numbers. Super important in business. We got to know our numbers. So if $10,000 is your goal, what is your product worth and how much your product you need to sell to hit that goal? So, right, if your goal is $10,000, your product is $500, we need to make 20 sales. So we go through what that looks like. And then the final step is, is to take action. So once we know what it is we need to do to get there, we need to make 20 sales. What is the action we need to take to get to those 20 sales? You know, it's likely, yeah, maybe you get on social media. Oh no. <laughs> My alarm went off. We're gonna keep rolling with it. Um, so, yes, what does it take to get to that goal? Once you know your numbers, we have to start to take action. This is kind of that final step. I give you action steps to actually reach that goal. And this is the beauty, it comes full circle right back to step number one, which is creating your mantras, becoming the entrepreneur. When you say, I am an entrepreneur, that is great, that will work. But just by saying it doesn't, it, it's a slow progress. You actually have to do the things. The mantra helps you do the things. So when we pair the mantra with actually doing the work, that's when you start to take action. Obviously you take action and then you start to see the changes, you start to make the money. So my final story on this is just to kind of have a little bit of the buy-in for this is, uh, is my stories on mantras. I have two great stories. The first one is, I mentioned I was a photographer, right? And for such a long time, I was just a hobby photographer. That's all I was. And I'd walk around New York City taking street photos and I'm a hobby photographer. And people would ask me and I would tell them, well, yeah, I just have this hobby of photography. And then my girlfriend, fiance, whenever that time was, she turned to me and she's like, why do you tell people that you're a hobby photographer? Like, you're a really good photographer. Just say I'm a photographer. And I'm like, oh my God, that sounds so scary. So it's so scary to say, I'm a photographer. What if I meet another photographer and they want to talk about aperture, shutter speed, ISO and framing and, uh, you know, <laughs> composition and all this stuff. Can I even talk about that stuff? That's so scary. 
But I said, you know what, I'm gonna do it, you're right. So when people would ask me, I would tell them, I'm a photographer. And at first it felt really weird. But the more I said it, the more I started to believe it. And the more I believed it, the more I started to become that photographer. And when you start to become the photographer, you start doing the things photographers do, which is take more photos, which is learn and edit. And you start telling people about your photography. You start taking the chances and the risk and say, you know what, I am a good photographer. Hey, if anyone needs a headshot, I would love to take your headshot. Hey, if you want family photos for Christmas, I'll take your family photos. And that's scary, but you lean into the scary part of it because you have now become the person. I am a photographer and I'll level it up. And I started saying, I am a world-class photographer. And when I would say every single day, I'm a world-class photographer, I started to believe it. And when I started to believe it, I started to become it. And I started to do the things that a world-class photographer does, showing up with more confidence. You know, posting photos on Instagram, knowing like these photos are dope. People are gonna love these. And that imposter syndrome and that fear starts to go away. So I walk you through this in this, in this game plan, this five-day game plan to monetizing your passion. It's $27. And if you are that dispassionate employee and you want to be that happy entrepreneur, this is, this is step one. This is something that I wish I had when I was starting a guide and a path to like, hey, let's go out and start doing things. Let's start you know, creating a social media presence so people can actually see that you have a thing that you have to offer, right? And this could be anything, guys. You know, woodworking. If, you, if you're like a sales expert, you've been in sales for 30 years, and you're like, I'd love to coach people on sales. That's huge. If you make greeting cards, if you're a graphic designer and you, can, you love making websites, like let's start path to getting there. Let's start creating that social media presence. And this is something that I lean into because when, when else in the history of time do we have the opportunity to reach hundreds and thousands and millions of people? You know, I have a client of mine who's on TikTok and she had a, she had a video reach a million. It's probably at 1.3 million people now. How incredible is that? And you're telling me now, <laughs> you know, that's not easy. I just say it like, oh, it just happened. She's putting a lot of work and consistency and she, she has her messaging down messaging down, which is great. Um, and something she was doing before she came to me, which is super awesome. Helping her clarify that is great. Um, but she reached a million people and you, you can't tell me within a million, over a million of those people that there aren't 10 people you could sell your product to and make some money. So that's why I love social media. That's why it's such a great tool. And uh, yeah, that's it. Um, the link will be in the description the description. You can of course follow me at Matthew.Allen for a lot more of great training and great tips. Um, and that link obviously will be in my bio as well. Um, and yeah, I would love your feedback if you sign up for this. I would love to hear how it goes. And thank you guys so much for joining the Modern Business Podcast. There's gonna be a lot of good stuff coming. I have a lot of great ideas. Um, maybe some live coaching for some people who are trying to escape corporate and are stuck. Um, you know, maybe uh, answering your questions on here. What are your biggest struggles uh, with social media or with the mindset and all that stuff? I'm happy to answer all that stuff. So I'm really excited to have this Wednesday modern business episode for you. Um, thank you so much. If there's any feedback, hit me up on Instagram. Let me know if you're excited about this as much as I am. That's why the rocket ship shirt is on. We're of course, we're gonna be on YouTube as well with this. So mwah, mwah, mwah. I love you guys so much. Go download that five-day guide to monetizing your passion, and I will see you next week. Peace.